All right, welcome to The Words Liberate. This is our seventh talk, and the topic of conversation will be self-development. Now, originally, we were going to use a outline or a script, but the more we did that, the more inauthentic it felt, and so we have discarded that, and we will be speaking freely about self-development. As always, as usual, we will be using ancient wisdom as the guide to lead us on this journey, simply because we believe that the ancients sought to produce solutions to the problems of life, thus being the originators to the practice of self-development. And as in our last two talks, we will be using Manley Hall's The Secret Teachings of All Ages, simply because it's an encyclopedia of self-development. Hall, the author of the book, is an interpreter of ancient wisdom and sought to make sense of the confusing timeline of human affairs. And in that process, he has found the ancients to have given adequate thought to existence and to the problems that interfere with our, with our evolution, with our self-development. And so the book then is a mixture of different self-developmental teachings and perspectives throughout time across all different geographical locations. And so we will be continuing our journey and today we arrive at Gnosticism. Now Gnosticism comes from the Greek word gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, which means to know. Now this is a reoccurring theme here, and it's of extreme importance to understand self-development from the Gnostic perspective. Because first, we spoke about how science coming from the Latin word means is skio, uh, which means to know. And so from first principles, we can see that science is a set of different methodologies used to obtain knowledge. Right Now, we also can reference, again, the introduction of this book where Thomas Taylor, uh, ancient, a translator of ancient texts, referenced the very first line of Aristotle's The Metaphysics, where Aristotle so famously said, all humans desire knowledge, right? And so what we get from that is our species, we desire knowledge by nature. Now, different civilizations and different groups of people have always sought to obtain knowledge, but they all have gone about it in different ways. That process of going from ignorance and adapting oneself as they go through the stages, as they go through the trials and tribulations to obtain wisdom, to obtain knowledge, to obtain understanding, that's what we mean when we say self-development. Right? Now, today in the modern world, we see science coming, is coming from the Baconian method, which states that knowledge can be obtained only through observation, followed up by the verification or validation of experimentation. Right? That's the modern understanding of science. But there are many different perspectives, there are many different types of sciences or ways about going about science. But fundamentally, like we said from first principles, the most basic, easily understandable definition of science is a set of methodologies to obtain knowledge. But like in the introduction, or in the beginning of this book, Hall referenced a multitude of different philosophers where pretty much all of them said philosophy is a science. And then we had to pose the question, well, what does it mean to be, for philosophy to be a science? And the answer to that is if science is how to obtain knowledge, philosophy is a system to obtain knowledge. Because on a te technical, from an academic perspective, philosophy is a disciplinary system that governs decision-making. And we are trying to govern our decisions 
our, we're trying to ensure that our decision making is governed by wisdom. So when we do arrive at knowledge, it's correct knowledge. It's truthful knowledge. There's no error. There's no falsehoods. There's no obscurity, right? And so we can see from ancient philosophy to modern science, there's an importance of obtaining knowledge. And this is pertinent to the human experience because when we look to different civilizations, we see the same thing. They're all going about obtaining knowledge in the same way we are today. And there's a little bit of a difference with the science of the Gnostics compared to modern science. Our science today is concerned with producing results that are true for everything, everyone, at every time, in every possible aspect. That's our understanding of objective truth, objective knowledge. The Gnostics acknowledge the objectivity, the universal phenomena, the fact that we desire knowledge by nature. But they sought to mystify, they sought to spiritualize that quest of obtaining knowledge. And so through that process, the achievement of salvation was ignited. So to the Gnostics, they believe that salvation occurred through having this type of knowledge. And now this type of knowledge was simply just embracing that desire, embracing that universal phenomena of desiring knowledge. And by allowing it to soak into every aspect of their lives, and they allowed it to bloom from within. And it was only then where they were in the gnosis or had gnosis. And so since all humans desire knowledge, the Gnostics sought to answer the question, well, how are we to go about obtaining knowledge throughout our lives? And how do we ensure that our acquirement of knowledge is not tarnished by error, falsehood, and darkness. You see, the Gnostics, they wanted to live in illumination and truth. And so we pose the question here, what can the Gnostics teach us about self-development? Well, first, they can teach, teach us about the importance of realizing this quest, realizing that humans desire knowledge by nature. And so in a way that is suited to the individual's nature, he or she must figure a way to accept and fulfill this instinctual desire in their life. Now. We can also learn about from the Gnostics about the balance between opposites. The Gnostics believe there to be a great power, which was called the universal mind, which was masculine and had the function of bringing order to things. But then there was the great thought, which was feminine and had the function of producing things, all things. Now these were two eternal principles. They had no beginning, no end, they always existed. And they both came from the origin of something the Gnostics called the bythos. But the Gnostics found an extreme valuable importance in finding balance between the universal mind or the, or the great power and the great thought. Once the Gnostics were able to find that balance and pair those opposites, they birthed what was called the middle distance or the incomprehensible air. Now it's important to understand that masculinity and femininity to the Gnostics referred to abilities, functions, or modes of operations instead of so much of the modern perspective of literal man and woman. The ancient perspective of these principles stated that masculinity and femininity were in all things. Therefore, to the Gnostic, the goal was to acknowledge each one individually enough to understand it fully. And by doing that for both principles, the balance, the marriage, or the symbiosis was able to occur. To the Gnostic, the feminine was the producer, right? And, and, and the creator, while the masculine was the orderer. To bring order from a boundless, immeasurable, undefinable thing 
is of extreme aid to our species because it allows us to make sense of, of the thing as a means to utilize it appropriately. But where is the applicability of this to modern life, of bringing order from chaos, from uh, structuring something that was first produced or brought into existence? Where can we, what's the importance of this in the modern world? Well, for example, say you have produced a profound business idea, or at least an idea that you think is profound and you believe to be lucrative. But after you speak about it to a few people, you realize other people don't understand it. And so really what you've done in reality is you've produced something, you've brought something into existence with no parameters, no boundaries, and it lives up in the lofty heights of the clouds. And so it then needs to be brought down to ground level so you can make it understandable and digestible to other people. And so to the Gnostic, it, has the femin it was the feminine aspect within the individual that creatively birthed it and brought it into existence. And it's the masculine functionality within you that can bring order, that can allow you to translate your idea, bring your idea down to ground level so others can understand it, so your investors can understand it, thus compelling them to invest in your idea, birthing your, your business, right? So there are countless other scenarios where we can see the importance of balance or the intermediate condition, what Aristotle called it in his Nicomachean Ethics, where he sought to find the balance between two vices, which was a virtue. But the examples, the scenarios, there can be many, but we recommend meditating upon this phenomenon and see where the applicability, where the need of finding balance in your life occurs. You see, the Gnostics sought to bring light from darkness, order from chaos, something we as humans are innately wired for. We are born in the chaos of ignorance, but through our actions, we can produce a little order so we can simply understand. And so with that, we are finished.